It is time for Mortgage 101 here on News 95.7 with Clinton Wilkins, the mortgage guru, and myself, Todd Vino. Clinton, are you enjoying that ACDC? Is that getting your juices flowing? I mean, I, I like ACDC. Why not? Who doesn't? I don't know. Some people might not. Well, hopefully our listeners do. I think people like to hear ACDC on the weekend. I don't know about you. I think they like to hear it all the time. I mean, I'm sure you listen to it all the time. I don't know about all the time. Like, you listen to it enough that you're like, okay, I know which songs I want to hear. Yeah, it's good drinking music. Well, I mean, it is Saturday morning or Sunday morning. I mean, we don't know when you're tuning in, but uh, you could be listening anytime here to us and... We really thank you for continuing to, to tune in. You know, we're back. It's Saturday. We do. We do thank you for continuing to tune into Mortgage 101. Right here on News 95.7, in which we educate people. I We don't. You educate people. And I guess in turn, part of this is I learn and people learn along with me. That's kind of what this is, isn't it? It's education. And I think education is just so, so important. And I think it's even more important now than it ever has been. I mean, there's so many different nuances to home ownership and mortgage lending. I mean, rates are all over the place. The market here in Halifax and across Atlanta, Canada has just been nuts lately. And yeah. I think we are just at, you know, the first couple of weeks into spring and it's just been crazy. So, yeah, I was recently listening to, uh, I think the CBC did a, did a whole thing. Matt Galloway and the current did a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they dedicated to real estate and the hot markets right across the country. But a lot of personal stories about people who, who are suffering, suffering might not be the right term, but who aren't able to acquire the Canadian dream, as you put it, of home ownership right now. They're shut out of the market because, A, they can't afford it, B, there's no inventory, and it's stressful. So it's, 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 not, it's great for your business and for realtors and for those who are succeeding, but for some, it's, this is tough, right? You know what? The people that I feel really sorry for are the first-time home buyers, the people that you know, need to get that foot in the door. For me and for you, you know, we've owned homes before. We can leverage, you know, our income and our assets and and buy something. But for some people, it, we may be in a buy now or a buy never situation. Like I'm seeing young buyers every day, and you know, we do the pre approvals. You know, they can they can qualify for something, but can you make an offer and buy something that's within your price point? I mean, that's the challenge. Okay, so compared to. Two or three years ago, how different is it now when it comes to competing out there for mortgage or not for mortgages, but for properties? For properties, well, I've heard from some realtors that there's some properties where there's been 20 plus offers. And, you know, that's really a symptom of the increased demand and the limited supply of listings. You know, going into the spring, we definitely saw a spike in the amount of listings that were happening. So I think that's positive. But I can even speak with our business here. We are doing less purchases today than we were this time last year, which may surprise some of you. But there's just less inventory out there than, you know, there has been. So I think if you're, you know, considering buying a home or considering selling your existing home, now is probably a good time because, you know, I don't know if it's going to get any better anytime soon. But if you're thinking about selling, I think now is a great time to get it listed because I can tell you there's hundreds and hundreds of buyers out there ready to make offers. All right. For those who don't know what you're all about, and there'd be some new people listening each and every Saturday and Sunday, give everybody an overview of what you do. I'm a mortgage broker here in Dartmouth. I've been a mortgage broker actually for 15 years. And 
Uh, we funded over 3,500 transactions here. So no one knows mortgage lending better than we do. You know, we know about all the nuances around income, assets, and credit. And, you know, I think we can really put together the best solution for consumers. The market is so aggressive that we want to ensure that if someone comes in to see us for a pre-approval, it is a good, solid pre-approval and that they're pre-approved. So when they make an offer, they can make an offer with confidence. Things are taking time, Todd. That's reality. I think appraisals are taking longer. Approvals are taking longer. It's just the nature of the amount of transactions that are happening. You know, I, I just mentioned that, you know, we haven't seen as many purchases, which is true. But we're seeing more and more midterm refinances. We're seeing a lot of early renewals. Rates are at an all-time low, basically. And the real estate values have increased. So that's really enabling existing homeowners to maybe reposition, you know, their mortgage or their debt. And, you know, we're having conversations like that every day with, with our customers. All right. There's a lot of speculation as to what's really driving the market. And as I mentioned, this isn't unique to, to Nova Scotia. It's happening across the country. But I'm hearing that it, there are buyers coming from Toronto, Calgary, Ottawa, places like that, people who are selling their homes there and getting nice money for them, and therefore they can come here and purchase. Is is that part of what's driving this? I would say that probably every third uh, customer that we're talking to for a pre-approval is from Ontario. Wow. Which is pretty staggering when yeah. you think about it. And, you know, homes here are selling for above the listing price. And I think that's driven up maybe by some of the buyers from outside of Halifax and Atlantic Canada because they're coming maybe with bigger down payments, you know, selling existing properties for a high price, but they're used to paying more than the list price. You know, in Ontario, this is the norm. Everyone pays more than what it's listed for, but it's certainly a new situation here. Mm -hmm. And I think people are just getting used to that situation. And I think probably our real estate prices here were artificially low for a long time. We've never had a boom. The prices, you know, were really maybe going up one, two, three percent uh, per year. You know, we've never seen these double-digit growths. What about uh, circumventing CMHC because of high, having a higher? Are you seeing more people not having to go through, or not just CMHC, but any of these insurers? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot more conventional lending. Uh, one of the reasons are, you know, if it's you're going to be really competitive on the price, you hopefully have a big down payment. And you want to lower your amount of mortgage that you're going to borrow. Now, uh, you know, it's always cheaper to do a conventional mortgage. It's always cheaper to put down 20% or more. Now, not every borrower is, is able to do that, Todd. Not everybody has the resources. But I think for the people that can put down 20%, I think 20% down is the right solution. All right. I would think that for a lender, uh, th you want to ensure that if... There's a default, and that happens from time to time. If something happens, that the lender can get their value out of it, the money that they've got into it. I Obviously, would, I would venture to say there's probably less foreclosures today, Todd, than there yeah. have been. The reason is people can sell their homes really easily. Like if you have a decent piece of real estate, chances are right. you can sell that. Okay, but that's it for the here and now. But let's mm -hmm. suggest that in two or three or five years, the landscape changes a bit. Whatever things can happen. Mm -hmm. Is there any concern at all, do you think, that at some point that if this bubble or, or if there is a bubble and if there's a bit of a crash, that perhaps people might have let, owe more than what the property is valued at at some point? Do you see any of that happening? I don't see that happening in Halifax. And people are asking me, they're like, should I just wait for the prices to come down? 
And I don't think the prices are going down, Todd. It's a simple, you know, uh, recipe of supply and demand. There are more buyers in the market than there is supply. And I don't think the prices are going to come down until the market rebalances in a sense that it becomes a buyer's market again. And I think that may be years and potentially decades away for Halifax. They're projecting that the population in Halifax is going to grow, you know, 100,000 in the next five years. I heard a stat today that there were 20 thousand new residents in Halifax yeah. since this time last year. That's pretty 20, staggering. 20,000? 20, 20,000. Wow. That's pretty staggering when you're thinking about it. We're in the middle of a pandemic and our population grows by, I don't know, 5%. Yeah. yeah. Huge. Okay. So what about uh, development and, and having the ability to expand out because the real estate is what it is and, and you've got Mm-hmm. The coast is limited as to what can be done coastally. Right. So what about that component to it? You know, I think the municipalities are going to play a part here. You know, I think, you know, any type of housing and home ownership policy really starts with the federal government, which then rolls downhill to the provincial government. But I think the municipalities play a big piece of the pie here to get the shovels in the ground. You know, we need to cut the bureaucracy with getting building permits going. We need to get contractors doing new home starts, whether that's single family, whether it's multifamily. We need more construction in Halifax. You know, looking back years ago, we had a moratorium on building. You know what? Is that serving us today? Probably not. We didn't think we were going to be in a housing crisis, and we didn't think that our population was going to grow at this level. No one knew there was going to be a pandemic. But we need housing, and we need housing now. You know, rentals are at a 1%, 2% vacancy. And... You know, obviously, we know what's going on with the housing market in terms of the limited supply for buyers to buy. So, you know, I think the one big solution is definitely around construction, and we need to streamline and enable builders to start pumping out more inventory. Now, you know, that has a challenge too, Todd, and I think it really uh, really has to do with the amount of supplies that they're able to get. Okay, I want to talk to you about uh, coastal development. That's a, a story I saw in the week or in the news this week as well. But first, we need a break. We'll be right back with Mortgage 101. We're back on News 95.7 with Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. And do you know who that is singing? I know you do because I you know teed because it up. you I teed it up. But here's the thing. We could do a whole show of just like country tunes. I know here people are really tuning us in, you know, tuning in to hear us talk about mortgage yeah. lending and real estate. But, you know, why no, don't I we think do a country show? I think they're just tuning in to hear these these teases. These I mean, I, teases. I think we picked some good songs. I think I really had some good songs in like the last like year, two years, three years that we've been on the radio. And uh, you know what? I think it just lightens it up a little bit. Why do you like doing these radio shows so much? Because you really enjoy them. Well, I mean, I know why I do them, because I get paid to do them. But why do you enjoy doing them? I like doing it because it's education. And, you know, Todd, I would venture to say you'd probably still want to do it if you weren't getting paid. But as a volunteer? Yeah. Yeah, I think I actually would. I think you would, because you know what? Now you're really passionate about this. You're sarcastic right now, by the way. Well, that's all right. You can be as sarcastic as you want. Did you mention the producer, by the way? You well, we give we, a shout out to Jonathan Snow. Yeah, we you? have our executive producer here. Yeah, and you have an associate producer we, as well? We do. Who is it? Uh, her name's Bethany, and she's working here in our office. She doesn't um, have a last name, like Cher or something like well, that? Well, maybe, like maybe she wants the anonymity. Who knows? Maybe you just don't know her last name. I do know her last name, because uh, 
I, I know everything. <laughs> She's your employee and you don't even know her last name. That's sad. I do because I even asked her if she was related to other people with the same last name because it's kind of like an uncommon last name. Maybe you should just go with Clinton. No longer no longer your last name, just Clinton. The Clinton, maybe. No, not the, just Clinton. Okay. Like or the, Clint. I mean, you, ever get you called can Clint? call me whatever you want yeah. as long as you call me. Okay. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but <laughs> or you can just check us out online at teamclinton.ca slash radio. You yeah. know, if you really want to hear about mortgage lending, maybe you just need to surf to the website and then there's lots of great content on there. But hopefully everybody's having a good weekend. Yes, I think they absolutely are. Okay. All right. Uh, this week I, I heard an interesting story. Actually, I chatted about this on News 95.7 and I thought we would talk about it on the weekend here. But uh, there, there's concern about coastal development because... There's provincial legislation, which is which has had royal assent, but it's not fully enacted yet, which is going to limit developers' ability to build along the coast. But before that's fully enacted, uh, many developers, are I've heard, are building along the coast. And there's some concerns about coastal erosion and mm-hmm. the environment and all of that stuff. So what I would like to ask you is, do lenders, how closely do the lenders look at this type of development and these these concerns? Well, I, the one of the first questions that they ask us, we have to put in a law all the security details when someone's, you know, financing a property, like how big is the land, how many square feet is the house, what is the style of the home, is there a garage, et cetera, et cetera. One of the main questions they ask in there, are there any environmental concerns? Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. They want to make sure their security is okay. They want to make sure that there's not going to be any negative implications from uh, any zoning, bylaw issues, and sometimes they'll write directly into the approval that the lawyer has to check and see if there's any zoning or environmental or covenant issues. And, you know, the lenders want to know that if they do have a loss where they have to foreclose, that that property has value and that they can resell it again and there's not going to be any concerns around reselling and that they have their security. Okay, so to answer the question, are, are there possibilities where... Mortgages aren't approved. Lenders say no because of coastal development. I think if there's an environmental issue, yes, it may not be approved. That sounds sounds like a political answer to me. I mean... Give me the real answer, Clinton. I think that we would lend on any valuable security, honestly. You do? I do. Okay. As long as the property is viable and, you know, there's well and septic, and as long as there's no negative implications from, like, the province they'll get a mortgage. Yeah. But if someone goes and they build where they can't build, they don't get a building permit, you know, it's against bylaws, et cetera, et cetera. Then in that case, maybe they won't. Because I've certainly seen properties that were rogue properties because, you know, in rural Atlantic Canada, people do what they do and sometimes they don't have the proper permits, et cetera. That can negatively impact their ability to get a mortgage. What about sure. what about on the insurance side of things? I think on the insurance side of things, I think that can be a problem too. I think if there is a, you know, any issue with the property and you're not disclosing it, you know, that can negatively impact your financing, but also your insurance and your insurability. Like what happens if you did have a claim? That That's a problem. Yeah. What happens if you're trying to resell this property and you can't resell it because there is some negative, com- uh, you know, um, consequence? I don't know. Um, and I think it's something that people really need to think about. We've certainly seen areas of Nova Scotia and Atlantic Canada that have had problems with erosion. Mm-hmm. You know, 
your land falling away into the ocean may negatively impact the value. It, it, it may? It may and it will. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, there's been properties that literally have gone away because of erosion. Yeah. I think it certainly is a concern. Um, and, you know, if the province is getting involved and limiting, you know, situations that may uh, not be good for the environment, like, I'm all for that. Okay. Um, so how much are you seeing of these types of properties? How much lending do you do for coastal properties? I think we see it every day. Every day, yeah. Yeah, and I think, especially around Halifax, we're in a coastal community. You know, and that's what one thing that's really interesting about Nova Scotia. You can drive, I think, probably 20 minutes anywhere, and you can be on the coast. Yeah. And um, so much of our land in Nova Scotia is along the coast. And I think that's one of the great things about living in, a, in an area, in a province, in a city specifically of Halifax. We can, like, literally look out our door and see the ocean. Not everyone gets that. And I think that's one of the nice things about Nova Scotia. But I think it's something that we also need to be cognizant of in terms of protection. And, um, you know, if the province is going to get involved, there's obviously been problems or they know that they need to put some more protection in place. Are there any, at times, concerns about right-of-ways and things like that? I would think there must be, right? Yeah, right-of-ways and easements are certainly a concern. And if someone's buying a home, normally what they do is they have a lawyer's clause in their agreement for the, for the lawyer to review those type of things. And sometimes easements and right-of-ways can be a real mess, especially in more rural properties, because maybe it's not documented properly, or maybe you think your driveway's on your land, but it's actually on your neighbor's land. And I think having you know, a good lawyer that can really search the title and know exactly what's going on, I think that's important. But there are products available out there for people who are buying. Um, it's called title insurance, and it protects you from a whole slew of different challenges. I know we've talked about title insurance before. Um, normally, when someone's buying a home, they either need to have title insurance or they need to have a survey of the property. New construction properties typically always have a survey because you need a survey to get a building permit. Right. But the survey that you're doing maybe your buyer cannot uh, rely on because it's in your name. Title insurance is always a better option, even if, there is a, even if there is a survey. And with title insurance, there is a homeowner policy. And that homeowner policy can protect you as a buyer against a variety of different uh, title issues and defects that may come up. And I can tell you specifically in more rural areas, there are defects that happen. Because, you know, maybe the property wasn't on land titles. Maybe it was on the old uh, registry system. And maybe when it was migrated, there were problems. Or maybe... What type um, of problems? For example, the, there was a news story in Nova Scotia a couple of years ago that uh, someone's garage uh, for the house that they bought, they thought was on their land, but it was actually on their neighbor's land. Mm -hmm. So guess what? You don't own your garage. Maybe you have to tear down your garage that could really negatively impact the value of your property. So I think that anybody who's doing a purchase, if you're doing a refinance, you should certainly talk to your, your lawyer around title insurance. A lot of mortgage lenders require it, at least the lender side of the policy, but I think it's really important for the homeowner to have a policy as well. It's a one-time hit. We're talking about a couple hundred dollars. It's not like it's thousands of dollars, but not having title insurance can certainly cost you thousands of dollars down the road. Well, how's it underwritten? 
It's underwritten um, by an insurance company. Now, there are some Canadian-owned uh, title insurers. There's three or four title insurance companies here in our region that insure the properties. So the way that it's underwritten is the lawyer submits for the insurance policy. The lawyer basically does a letter that states, uh, you know, the covenant of the title, you know, any risks, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, the, the insurance company would issue a policy um, to the lender and potentially that homeowner. What do you want to talk about in the next segment? Well, I think, you know, it's spring and I think that we need to talk about, you know, the spring, spring market, what's going on here in Halifax. Yep. We can talk about mortgage rates and, you know, we're seeing a lot of refinances. So I think certainly uh, clarifying some issues there, I think will be important. All right. Sounds like lots to get to again. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in and listening to Mortgage 101 with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino here on News 95.7. And we'll get to that when we come back. Not my choice. Who's that? That's Lady Gaga. You wanted Lady Gaga. It's not Todd. Lady Gaga. Yeah, it is. This is a more. I was thinking more poker face. Okay, we'll play we'll play poker face next. How will about we? that? Yeah, we will. We'll wrap this up with a little poker face. Yeah, because that's way better than that. I mean, I think I like you like acoustic. What are you saying? I do like acoustic, but but I like to differentiate. I like to be diversified. This is also why we don't let Todd pick the music. I mean, he pick, probably gets to pick the music right now five days a week, yep. live on uh, News ninety five seven, where you get to right. listen to him on the Rick House Show. But when you know what? You were a guest. Which I am a guest. I was in a guest yesterday, That's Friday. Right. You were a so, guest on Friday. Uh, that with you know, I can't wait to come back on. It'll be a regular occurrence as long as I'm there till Rick gets back. I'm and sure. then when Rick comes back, I'm going to tell Rick. I'm going to say you have to have Clinton on regular. Well, you were anyway. I mean, I was really on regularly. Uh, you know, I was in the studio a lot. So. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we're actually, we record this live in my office here in Dartmouth, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and it's on Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. So if you don't catch all the show, you can certainly listen to it. Okay. And it's available Online. on News 95.7 on the website. And it's going to be on there. You can listen to it anytime. That's right. And for those of you who are just tuning in, it's Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with myself, Todd Vino, and Clinton Wilkins. And again, I know we've done this earlier, but we've got new listeners. So again, a bit about what you do just for new listeners here. I'm a mortgage broker in Dartmouth. I've been in the industry for 15 years. And, you know, I think the first place that, you know, anybody listeners need to check us out is check us out online at teamclinton.ca slash radio. Lots of great information on the website. And, um, you know, we love helping borrowers here in Halifax and across the land of Canada. You know what? We're moving people from across the country into our market. There's no better place than being here in Halifax. And I think it's, you know, really exciting times. And, Spring is a, one of those markets that is typically the busiest real estate market of the year. Why is that? I think people think about spring like new beginnings. And are new you beginning, being serious right now or are you just making this up? No, I'm actually being serious though. Okay. Um, it's new beginnings, have a fresh start, live in a new home. Yeah. You know, I think we all like, uh, you know, a bit of a change. And, you know, the last 12 months have been tough. You know, a lot of us were trapped at home and maybe not in the type of home that maybe best suits their needs. Like I heard from borrowers today, they relocated here to Halifax. They were living in a one bedroom Airbnb with their newborn and a dog. Wow. You know, and they had made offer offers on eight different properties before they secured the property that they got. They are so excited to close. They came to my office, signed the documents. So, so happy. 
How many people are purchasing sight unseen? I don't think that's very common. No. I think realtors are really being kind of very progressive. Like I know I looked at a property over uh, FaceTime, made an offer on the property. I did write in the offer Is that I recently? wanted. Recently? Recently, yeah. yeah. Did you? You're getting a new purchase? No, I didn't get it. Oh, you didn't? No, you, they rejected my offer. Is that right? Yeah, unfortunately. Well, this is kind of big. You I didn't know. tell me about this. I thought we were friends. Well, I've made offers on actually quite a few properties, and I haven't gotten so any of them So you told yet. me none of this, so we're not friends after all. Well, you know what? I don't want to really say until I know. Are you I friends know. with Jonathan? I mean, Jonathan probably knows I made the offer because I was like probably screaming that I didn't get the offer. Like, who knows? Oh, we heard you You know, the producer gets all the, all the slack. I'm yeah. sure it's the same at News 95.7. You probably... Give all the flack yeah, to the producers. Katie takes all the all the heat. How closely do you work with realtors here in the region? How, a lot of close relationships, I'm sure, right? Yeah, there's a lot of realtors that we work with every single day. And, you know, there's a lot of realtors who we've never done business with. But I think it really depends on where the client comes from. A lot of clients will come to us for mortgage financing. You know, in terms of a boutique mortgage brokerage, you know, we're doing hundreds and hundreds of transactions every year. So as you can imagine, we're dealing with many different realtors and you know the really the transactions all the same and uh you know the mortgage piece has so many different nuances that we're re- really able to hold that borrower's hand to get the approval get the conditions done and then satisfy the financing which i think is just so so important you know the the um if you're making an offer on a property you really want to know that you can secure it and you don't have any issues with your financing what advice do you give people when they're selecting a, a realtor? Because it really can make or break a deal at time of finance, at time of long, well, for a whole lot of reasons. But give people some advice because you know these realtors, you know the good ones, you know. I'm sure you get some realtors deals you come across your desk and you go, oh, no, this guy or girl. No, you know and what? Others... You know what I really cringe when I see? Yeah. When I get offers in and the client didn't have a pre approval. Yeah. I'm like, what the actual? Like, what's going on here? And, you know, I just don't know if it, if maybe they had kind of a pseudo pre-approval with another lender and they really wanted to come to us for the expert advice, which I really do appreciate. But I think sometimes, you know, and it's, it's shocking in this market, but offers are being made without a good solid pre-approval. And, you know, I think it's just so, so important to know that you can be approved. Like I saw an offer the other day, we didn't, didn't end up doing the deal. But the borrower could afford to buy a home for about three seventy-five. The offer came in at four sixty. Riddle me this: unless you have a lot more money for the down payment, you're not getting approved. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think in this borrower situation, they end up needing to get a, a cosigner. They end up going to a different lender for whatever reason. Um, but I think in that case, I'm not sure why they made the offer. You know, I think they kind of jumped in with two feet without knowing that they could get the financing together, which is a little bit of alarm, alarming because there's so many, um, you know, things that are going on in terms of offers and whatever. You want to know that if you're going to get a solid deal, you can get it together. Yeah. So, again, this is one of the things that you would say would tie into a realtor and, and being a good realtor. They would they would automatically want to know that. Oh, yeah. And I can tell you there's realtors that we do business with every day that if a client doesn't have a pre-approval, they send them directly to us because they know that, you know, we shoot from the hip as well. Like we are not going to mess around. It's like canned to post here. We have to get it done because guess what? There's lots of transactions behind that that also need to get done. So we are not just like sitting around waiting around for documents to come in. We're really on top of it. 
And we have a huge staff, which is really kind of unique and different. If you're dealing with someone maybe at a bank branch or maybe even other mortgage brokers, they're like a one person and they're doing everything. Here we have people answering the phone. We have people collecting documents. We have people who are doing compliance. We have people who are doing communications and technology and all of these things. And it's a, it's a smooth oiled machine. I'm busy, but guess what? I still see clients every single day. Do you do less of that as your business grows? No, if anything, I'm seeing more clients today than I ever have seen before. Yeah. But it's because I have all the support, so I'm able to do it. I'm mm-hmm. able to see clients. And you know what? If I know a client has a, t- has a time frame, if I know there's a financing uh, condition due, if I know there's a rush, I can pull it off because I will prioritize that before there's you know all kinds of other things. I was on calls all day today, and I had 50 emails in my inbox. Guess what? Now today... I'm down to less than 15, and, and before I go to sleep tonight, I'll have that at zero. You didn't answer our email today. Well, you know what? Yeah. You didn't wait long enough for me for me to respond. <laughs> I knew it wasn't a hot action item. It wasn't that you want to talk to me today. You want to talk to me tomorrow. So you would have had a response. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so if somebody wants a pre-approval because they're out on, they're out looking for something and they see something that and they're, they're eager, mm-hmm. obviously this is a stressful situation for sellers and buyers, yes. but more for buyers right now. I would agree. What's your turnaround uh, time for a pre-approval? So if we have an application, we're talking to the client, we do a pre-approval while we're on the phone. So as long as we have all the documentation up front and we have that application and the consent, you get your pre-approval. A lot of cases, we either don't get the application up front for whatever reason, we always send it to the borrower. Or we don't have the supporting documents up front. What are the documents? Really, with the pre-approval, we want to solidify your income, your assets, and your credit. So if we get applications that don't have all the information that we need, then we have to get on the phone with you and get all that information. And then we need to request your income documents if you haven't sent those so to us So you want to have those before... Before That's you part of the get pre- it, so you don't. But somebody tells you I make eighty five thousand dollars. You don't buy that. You never need to see it. Never. How many times have you heard people say, "Oh, I make ninety thousand dollars," and then you get the income? You're like, "No, you don't." Does that happen daily, every single day? <laughs> daily. But guess what? Sometimes they actually make more than they think they make. Yeah. It's not always that they think they make less, or they always think they make more. Right. Nobody really knows what they're going to make, or they're like, "Oh yeah, I remember what I had on my T four. I made ninety thousand. Well, your salary is 50. You just had a lot of overtime and bonus. What did you make the previous year? Because what you make in one year doesn't necessarily mean that that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we went through a bit of a bump. And that brings up a really good point. There was a lot of people who have been laid off or whatever. And they think, you know what? I'm not going to qualify for a mortgage now because I was off for a couple of months because of COVID last year. You know, there's enhanced income verification. Sometimes in those cases, we'll get a job letter from the employer to state what their actual salary is. And we can use that. Or maybe we'll get three years of their T4s and justify what they made in 2018 and 2019 and, and, and really give the rationale of why 2020 was low. So, you know, I think coming to an expert like us, we're really able to work through some of those things, but we also shoot from the hip. I tell people every day, sorry, we can't make this happen for you. I had a borrower reach out to me this morning over email to say, you know what, their credit was, you know, hit because of, uh, COVID and they made some bad decisions and whatever, and their credit scores were in the 500s. So I said to them, you know what? We can probably get you approved, but you need a larger down payment. You need 20, 25, 35% down, and likely you're going to have to get your credit cleaned up. And so I really went back to them and say, do you have access to this type of money for the down payment? Because if you don't, there's no point us doing an application. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, but they were going to work on the credit and they're going to revisit 
And, you know, I think just giving them quick and honest advice really has a value. And when you call us, you're not calling a call center. You're calling our office. And all we do all day long is mortgage lending. So how difficult is it to have those conversations? And I suppose over time you've You've become hardened to it. I don't know if that's the right term. Do you have a good bedside manner? I don't know. I think some people think that I'm short. <laughs> oh, is that right? Eh? But, um, you know, I don't cruel? think... Cruel? A little cruel I sometimes? Don't, no, I don't think cruel is the right word. I think it's more like I don't sugarcoat it. And, you know, I may not be that hand-holding, warm and fuzzy. But do you want great advice? Do you want to get the transaction done in a timely manner? That's why people come to me. Am I going to say they're there? It's okay. You know, we can't get you approved. No, I'm going to tell you why you can't be approved. And then I'm going to tell you what you need to do to get it done. And we're going to make a plan together. And I think that's better than kind of like pussyfooting around it. If that's even allowed to be said. Mm -hmm. And I think some, sometimes when you go to a lender, if you go to a mortgage broker, if you go to a, you know, your bank, sometimes they just don't get back to you. They avoid, they avoid it. They avoid we don't have time to avoid, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, we want to give that open and honest advice. And we love making a plan because, you know what? I, I see clients today that I saw 10 years ago and they took my advice and they're ready. And that's exciting. So what do you do? Schedule a follow-up in a year? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, sometimes people? it's a year. Sometimes it's five years. Sometimes it's six years. Yeah. But every single Canadian can get a mortgage. Everyone. It's just... Obviously, if your situation isn't as good, maybe the rate's going to be higher and maybe you need to have more skin in the game. But every single Canadian can get a mortgage. And I think that sometimes we forget about that. You know, we think that maybe there's been a blip in the credit or there's been a blip in the income. And, and you know, now just because one lender said we can't do it, no, it can't be done. That's not always the case. There's so many different nuances and so many different options, specifically even around self-employed borrowers. More and more people are becoming self-employed every day. And there's lots of great programs out there for those people. We have one more segment left. What do you want to get to? Tee it up. Let everybody well, know. Well, I think what you we're going to talk a little bit more about the spring market. And I think that, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about refinancing because I can tell you refinances are at the top of the priority list. And I can tell you we're seeing more and more refinances now than we ever have before. Okay. We're going to talk more about the spring market, as mentioned, and refinances that on Mortgage 101 with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, right here on News 95.7. We'll be right back. That's real Lady Gaga right there. This is the real, real deal. Yeah, not like that other thing that you played. You know, this is circa, this is circa December 2009. I know, eh? Wow. You feeling old? No, I feel young. I don't. I think I feel younger now than I ever have been. Oh, my goodness I gracious. feel like I am like Benjamin Button. Okay. Every year that goes by, I keep on getting younger and younger, you know? Yeah, okay. It's not, uh, there's, there's somebody else like that. Isn't there more immature? What's who's that? Never grows up. Some I don't character. Know. <laughs> Some, I don't know. Whatever. Is that you? I don't. I hope not. <laughs> okay. Anyway, welcome back to Mortgage One Hundred One, uh, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins, right there. Myself, Todd Vino, We're right here. here on News ninety five seven. Uh, quickly, I wanted to mention uh, just to kind of put a pin on the uh, or to finish off that pre-approval conversation. If you don't have your taxes done, you're probably that that's the first thing, right? You got to get taxes done, right? If you're self-employed, you really need your taxes done. Yeah. If you're a normal, you know, employed human, you might be okay with no taxes done. 
But here is my word of advice. Because of everything that happened with COVID and CERB and everything else, lenders are asking for more and more confirmation of people's income tax being filed on time and confirmation you you don't owe income tax. So that word advice is the deadline here is in about three weeks. Yeah. Get your taxes done. Yeah. The end. The end. And, you know, even if you owe, get your taxes done. You can set up a, a plan with them. But if you, do, if you do owe income tax, you have to pay the income tax off before you can uh, buy a house. Oh, you do, eh? You do. Okay. Excellent. Because CRA is a preferred creditor. And CRA, if you do owe income tax, can actually go in front of the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And the bank doesn't like that. They want to make sure they're in first yeah, position, yeah, right? Yeah. And also, if you're self-employed, we don't know how much income tax you may or may not owe. Um, you know, I think some self-employed people owe tens, and th- tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they need to make sure that that is paid before you are buying, refinancing, renewing your your, your mortgage. Yeah, right. then you get into owing G, paying, paying GST and all that stuff et too, cetera, right? Et cetera, et yeah, cetera, yeah. yeah. It adds up. It you know, it's the joys of self-employment. And, you know, I think it does take a little bit of thick skin to be self-employed. You know, I'm self-employed. I understand how that works. Um, and I think it's risk and reward. Uh, you know, when you're self-employed, um, you know what the joy is, if I need more money, I can just work a little harder. Mm-hmm. I think when you're employed with like a salary, it doesn't matter how hard or not hard you work. Obviously, probably if you're not working that hard, you're probably not going to have a job in this market, but you're probably not making any more money, really. So, you know, the way that I look at it, when I see self-employed borrowers, I love seeing them because I think that we can add a lot of value. And usually self-employed borrowers are really loyal to us because, you know, we're able to hold their hand, get them into a home or get them refinanced or renewed or whatever. And sometimes... If they walk to maybe another lender, they're not as motivated to help them because they feel that self-employed borrowers are more complicated. Okay. You wanted to, before we ran out of time, we wanted to get to, I think it was refinance. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about refinances. Yeah. Um, we are seeing many, many more requests for refinances now than we have before. I think one of the big reasons are the value of people's homes are up. When you refinance, you can refinance up to 80% of the market value of the home. So, for example, if the home is worth four hundred thousand, you can refinance up to three hundred and twenty thousand. From that three twenty, you need to pay your existing mortgage and/or secured line of credit, and then the proceeds from that refinance, you can use that money maybe to clean up some other unsecured debt. But many borrowers are coming in to see us to do this refinance to get equity out to do renovations, and I think renovations are certainly a hot topic right now, uh, especially where the prices have really gone up. Maybe it's about perfecting the house that you're in or per, you know making that house more suitable to your needs. And I think uh, more and more borrowers are looking at doing refinance for renovation purposes. I think, though, that people, before they do that, they need to, if they're not already educated on the cost of building material, they should because building materials are incredibly Expensive. high right now. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know the economics of the building materials, but I can tell you it's been high for a while and... You know, until some of these lumber issues maybe correct themselves and until there's more supply in the market, I think the cost of building materials is going to be high for a while as well. Right. So what do you recommend when it comes to that then? So people knowing what they need, should they hire a contractor? Because sometimes people do it themselves mm. 
and they run into problems there. What are your recommendations? Well, I think getting a quote from a contractor is really important. Then you know how much, you know, the cost of your renovations are going to be. So when we do the new mortgage, you know that you have enough money to pay for the renovations. That's kind of important. Unless you have other unsecured credit or cash that you may or may not be able to leverage. Um, so I think knowing what the cost and the scope of the work is is super important. But, you know, when we're talking about renovations, sometimes borrowers, when they're buying a home, you know, renovations can be a great solution there too. What about putting in something like uh, pools and and amenities like that? That in, Sometimes it doesn't increase value. It might actually decrease the value. Yeah, and I think sometimes pools might not be the best solution. You know, I think pool uh, sales probably have gone through the roof with COVID. I can tell you last summer... Anybody who had a pool is probably like the most popular person on their street. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, pools come with a significant cost to operate. And not every uh, home buyer wants to have a pool. So I think when you're doing a refinance and if you're looking at putting a pool in, it needs to be a pool for you, not a pool to increase the value of your home. What about going to expanding property and an extension out back or whatever, something more intense like that? Do you, how often do you see that? I mean, we see that quite often. Um, usually those borrowers, sometimes they've figured out how to get the renovations paid for kind of before they come and see us. Yeah. Often when it's a big, big renovation like that, we'll usually come in after the work is already done and then we'll do a refinance because normally after the work is done, the property is worth more then they can really leverage that as improved value and go up to 80% of the market value of uh, what that looks like at that time. So when you're refinancing, basically you're, you have to, you're qualifying for another, for a new mortgage, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a new mortgage. And you know, yeah. some borrowers think you're like, well, I'm starting a new mortgage again. All the interest is front loaded. It has nothing to do with you getting a new mortgage. It really has to do with what the amortization is on the mortgage that you have. So some borrowers come in to see us, they start out at a 25 or a 30 year amortization. If they want to do a refinance, I'm like, the rates are low. Let's do a 20 year amortization. Let's do a 16 year amortization. And we can really look at that amortization and figure out your risk tolerance in terms of your payments and really work with you to figure out how much you can afford to pay down. And I think mm -hmm. it's a really important time to look at that. Um, you know, some borrowers are okay not paying their mortgage down so aggressively because the rates are low. But I think the borrowers who really want to get debt free, now is a great time. Pay it down while you can. So, you know, I think leveraging some of that advice is super important as well. All right. So, again, if people are thinking of selling, just to kind of recap what we've talked about, now is a, an, an amazing time to sell your yeah, property, Yeah, I think right? like now is a great time to list your home for sale. Um, we're seeing a lot of people who are selling their existing home and then buying new construction. That might involve being homeless. Well, I think you can probably figure it out for a few months, especially if it enables you to get into a new construction home at a fair price. I think it's less competitive when there's new construction. You know, they're not seeing those 20 offers that there are for some of this resale property. But if you're selling an existing home, chances are you're selling that for top dollar. So I think it's a great time to sell and buy new construction. I think it's a great time to sell and maybe downsize your house. And I think it's a great time to sell and maybe upsize. It just depends on what your situation is. And, you know, I don't think the prices are going to go down. It's supply and demand. And there's more and more borrowers out there in the marketplace because there's more and more residents here in Halifax. Um, you know, I think if you're a first-time home buyer, now is a great time to look at getting into the market because I think in a couple of years, it may be even less attainable than it is now. So I think if you're kind of on the edge of making something happen, 
if you can get it together, now is a great time to look at that. Again, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you guys? You know, the first place for people to to look is really online. Check us out at teamclinton.ca. Lots of great information there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we have an office in downtown Dartmouth and in downtown Halifax to serve, you know, residents of Halifax and across Atlantic Canada. And you know what? We're moving uh, people from across the country here. So it's super exciting. You know, we love what we do every day. And, you know, we really love helping people. So... Lots of great uh, information on our, on our site. And if you do have a quick question, certainly drop us a message. We have a form right on our website. Shoot us an email. Uh, we'd love to help and we'd love to share our expert advice. Thanks, Clinton. Another one in the books, eh? Another one in the books. And we'll be back next month. You got it. That's Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins. Again, check them out online, teamclinton.ca. And myself, Todd Vina, will be back next month. We do this every, each and every month on News 95.7. We'll see you next time, folks.